very good day and very warm welcome to Beryl Marsden. Well, hello out there in Spain. <laughs> now, there will be Scousers listening, so believe me, Beryl, there'll be somebody somewhere who <laughs> will be relating to what we're going to be talking about. Okay. And uh, in the studio with me, Paul Melba and Ray O'Brien. So would you like to quickly say hello? Oh, yeah. Hi, Paul. Hi, Ray. Hello, sweetheart. Hi, Beryl. Yeah. I'm uh, sort, of managing oh, Joe, sort of managing Joe Flannery now, who used to be your manager, I believe, didn't oh, he? really? Yeah, I saw him yesterday. Oh, yes, he told me he'd be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now, you know, when we, we're looking at all the links going back to Mersey Beat and those wonderful years when, of course, the Cavern and the Iron Door and all the other clubs were, were really buzzing. And, of course, you know, um, there seems to be always just the guys. And, of course, it's nice to be able to remember that uh, there were ladies involved as well. So tell me a little bit about how you first started singing. Okie dokie. Well, it was actually, um, I was I used to sing in a schoolyard and drive my friends insane. So we went, to, we ended up going to the pole ball, ballroom, um, or park ballroom one time, and they literally shoved me on the stage when the Undertakers were playing. And, you know, said, hey lad, let her sing, she's driving us mad, let her sing on stage with you. And, <laughs> and that was sort of the beginning of, um, yeah, my, my career really. And the of Undertakers course. in Liverpool. And, of course, a lot of people um, certainly rate your singing voice uh, every bit as maybe they did with Scylla. And, of course, um, it, it's such a shame at times when maybe life... Uh, it turns it a little differently to maybe what you would like it to have been. So when you wanted to go to, for example, when you wanted to go to Hamburg... Yeah. Um, I mean, it must have been a tremendous disappointment to be told you're too young and you can't go. Well, if you think about it, with it I don't think so, because it's like, I was only 15, you know, oh, right. oh, yes, I need to go to Hamburg now, which is, obviously, I wanted to go, but I went when I was 16, uh, had a special licence from Bow Street Magistrates, and Joe Flannery was my chaperone, so I didn't really miss out that much, to be honest with you, because I was out there when I was, I'd say, when I was 16 years old. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the Oral Park Ballroom, that was, uh, that was my first paid gig as a DJ, funnily enough. Was it? Yeah, up the little staircase, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. going back a few years. Quite a few, yeah. Um, now then, uh, so you obviously uh, had your influences, and I'm reading that uh, they were Elvis and the Shirelles and imported American R&B records. Yes, yeah, the likes of Arthur Alexander and, and Barbara George. and I, th I think, I mean, we were all kind of listening to those at the time, because if you, if you look at, you know, everyone was sort of, in a way, singing in a lot of the same songs, including the Beatles, the Big Three. You know, we we kind of sort of mould our own little versions of, for quite you know, quite similar songs like "Baby It's You" and "Lay Down Your Arms." You know, all that all that sort yes. of R and B stuff. Imagine they were good songs, weren't they? Oh, absolutely lovely. And one thing I have noticed is, if you if you listen, most of them actually love songs, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, strangely enough, um, it, it, every now and again, when you look at the music, and you you then maybe um, contrast it with the sort of mid seventies punk type music. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you didn't really you, you were there just for the music. It wasn't you didn't worry about the message so much, did you? Oh, absolutely not. It was it, it was just this wonderful. You know, I think there was a whole a really great atmosphere at that particular time, wasn't there? You know, and it was it was just about really enjoying yourself and not yeah, there wasn't no a, a sort of drastic 
or political message going around. No. And, and of course, I suppose, really, it's quite surprising in the respect that uh, obviously people like uh, Bob Dylan had a big, big polit- political message. But I think as we were growing up, it was just a question. I think we all liked the music, really, more than, more than anything else. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. And I'm still, a, in a way, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sort of, I'm a, a person who likes songs as opposed to just buying records because a certain person's recorded them, you know. Yeah. So I'm really into songs, you know. Now, I read various things all over the show on the internet, and very often when you come to speak to the personality involved, uh, they've not been totally accurate. So let me ask you, first of all, uh, is there any substance in the Martha and the Vandellas? <laughs> Oh, yes, yes. I was, I was a Vandella. So you were a Vandella? I was a Vandella, the only white Vandella in existence. Yeah, yeah. that was quite fun. Yeah. I did uh, one, two, three tours with Martha, actually. Yeah? Uh, well, where did the Shirelles come in, darling? The Shire- no, the Shirelles were just... Um, I used to listen to them when I was, like, oh, I see. 11 years old, you know. Yeah. And obviously sang one of the... That was one of the first songs I sang uh, with, with boys. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. the song. Yeah. yeah. So, so going back to uh, Martha and the Vandellas, because yeah. like everybody, you know, when the Motown stuff was about, and, and in my early D, D, DJ mm. sort of years, we were hammering things like uh, Third Finger Left Hand. Oh yeah. So, it, did, did you join them after those years? Or, or oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I was only a baby. I, I was still at school when Martha Reeves and the yes, I like thought so. Yes, I thought so. Okay. You know? uh, so I, I did those, those tours were in the seven, uh, sorry, eighties. Yeah, and, and yeah. T- tell me, how did it all come about? It was quite bizarre actually, because um, just a friend of mine who does quite a lot of backing vocals and tours. And I actually don't do a lot of that, you know. I don't think I'm that good at doing that. To be honest. <laughs> but uh, she, she just had to ring up and say, "Look, you know, something's happened, and Martha Reed you know, hasn't got any Vandellas. There was just a phone call. Just fancy doing it." And I, because it was her, I just jumped at it. You know, what Martha Reed? Wow, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> you know, it wasn't easy. <laughs> No, but I should imagine it was exciting to be a Vandella. It was, it was, it was actually quite funny, um, you know, because well, people are look at me and think, "What's she doing up there?" She's, a, you know, Vandella. And what, uh, one tour we did with the Mamas and the Poppers, can you imagine a couple yes. of the originals, but most of them weren't. Um, and Gary yes, Bonds. And I, and, and in fact, I was so a Vandella at that time, just by myself. <laughs> <laughs> the Vandella. You mentioned Gary yes, Bonds. He's been on the show. And what was he like? Oh, right. He was great. I lovely, was great. lovely interview really, with him. Really nice guy as well. Yeah. yeah. Really nice guy. Now, um, what uh, connections, if any, because, again, as I say, the things that, that you can see and things that maybe <laughs> it's better to ask. Yeah. Uh, so, in the singing sense, what connections did you have with any of the Beatles? Connections? Yeah. Mm, well, obviously, uh, you know, I mean, they were my favourite band and still are of all time. Uh, and I think, in a way, they kind of looked after me a little bit when I was, because they were a little bit older, and, and just friends, and, and then invited me to do their last British tour, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah you know, it's the sort of... Get mates in a way. Yes, because you know. I remember seeing a poster, and I, I was almost certain that because sometimes you know the the ravages of time play heck with your memories. But I do remember seeing something with your name and the Beatles connected, and I didn't remember what it was. That that would probably be the you know the last the last tour I did with them, um, yeah. the last British tour, because that they they didn't perform again after that part of when they did you know the rooftop at Apple. Yes. And I think I think they did a, an American couple of gigs in America, but they didn't do any more British British gigs after that. Yeah. 
But obviously, I've played with them quite a few times before that, with other bands, you know, when I was with Lee Curtis and, and, and various bands like that. You know, the Tower Ballroom and the Cavern and all that sort of stuff. Well, Lee Curtis, we, we're going to uh, have a, a chat with it sometime in the future because obviously uh, the connection with Joe and, and yeah. uh, it, it's uh, it's really interesting when you get into this. <laughs> you know, it's quite like detective work, really. Yeah. You know, you find out who's worked with whoever. Um, now, it, what about uh, Mick Fleetwood? Does that come into your life at all? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. tell us about that. Well, uh, one time when I went down to London and uh, got myself a, a, a London manager at the time uh, called Tony Stratton Smith. And I was sort of doing a few gigs. And then there was a, uh, I don't know if you know them at all, there was a, a company called the Gunnels. And they were management come, and they had a lot of clubs, the Bag of Nails, Mingo, all those things. Yeah, yeah. And they managed like Georgia Fame, Chris yeah, Barlow, you know, know, Washington. Yeah. And they were the kind of happening bands. We, we, and they saw, obviously, they, they, they saw me singing, they saw Rod with a different band, so, and they just had this idea to put us all together and form a band together, you know, I think we, I mean, we were all about, what were we, 18 or 19 or something. And um, then that, that became the Shotgun Express, so that was Mick, Mick Fleetwood on drums, Peter Green on guitar, Rod Stewart, myself, lead vocals, Peter Bardens on uh, keyboards, and David Ambrose on bass. Mm. So that was uh, the Shotgun Express. About, that bag of nails, darling, it became aunties. Uh, uh, they changed it to aunties, the bag of nails, yeah. And uh, you, so you can guess where, which end of the of the spectrum that, that belongs <laughs> to, you know. So, uh, but it was a great thing. And I can remember Tommy Steele actually booking it out. Uh, uh, the, the Daly and Wayne was on and myself. And right. we thought we'd done great. As he said, you've done, you've packed it tonight, you've packed it out. Yeah. We went and there wasn't a soul in the club. <laughs> and Tommy Steele had booked the whole club. Oh, the whole club, <laughs> and the, so there was one. There was one candle lit, I think. Oh, sorry. that was it. We had to play to the to the stuff, but oh. it was his way of playing because he was a practical joker, you know. Oh right. So right. he did oh, play one on us, oh, Daily Man and myself. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you about your own band because obviously, um, you know, like a lot of people, you you heard and you knew that you worked with your own band. So, um, mm -hmm. do, do you still work with the band ever? I, I don't have, you know, a band on, on tap, if you like, yeah. because it, it's, it's a monastery, unless you're, unless you're touring or, or gigging all the time, it's too expensive. Yes. Know? I mean, I, I, the, the, I did the gig yesterday in, in, in New Brighton, Dad brought a couple of friends up, one's a keyboard player and a singer, and then used uh, a guitarist, Chris Finley you might know of, um, from Liverpool. And also Brian Jones came along with his stack. Oh, fabulous. Yeah. So, um, we, you know, uh, it was actually lovely. It was really, you know, it was, it was great fun and it went down really well. I was so going to ask you that, Bella. It's Ray here because I'm normally there Hi, with, with Dougie Derrick. Oh, right. You know, the right. owner, owner of Four Perch Rock. He is, isn't he? Were there many there? Yeah, yeah, Full House. Were you in the open air or down in the uh, museum? Down, well, downstairs because they weren't sure about the weather. Wasn't the weather too good there? No. Uh, it started off not too good, but actually quite uh, warm in the afternoon. And was Joe there, you say? Joe, I didn't recognise him. He had no, he has a beard now. I've told him to shave that off. It doesn't suit him, does it? It looks like Father Christmas. I've told him that, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> and was, Fre was Frida there, Frida? Frida was there. Alan, Alan Williams. Oh, Alan was there as well. Right, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Sam Leach. Uh, no, Sam wasn't there. No, no, Sam so he met a lot of, uh, should we call them blasts from the past, eh? A few, yeah, a few of those. And, uh, yeah, there's a, uh, do you know Cole Chase? He's an actor. Yes, I know yeah. him. Um, was Jeff Nugent there? Jeff was there. Good. Uh, yeah, it was lovely. A um, lot of these have been on the show, by the way. Oh, have they? So it's okay. nice because, you, you you know, you actually mention people who've been on the show and our listeners will now oh, maybe nice. relate to the names, you know. Yeah. I'm there for the next one, Beryl. I'm interviewing um, Billy Ashton, Billy J. Kramer's brother, Ronnie. 
Thank you very much. And it's uh, very much appreciated the time you've given us today. No, and I hope to come out and sing in Spain soon. Then. Well, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Out. Well, <laughs> well, put it this way: you've got two contacts now. You've got uh, okay. Ray, who obviously can can let me know when you're going to be available, and we'll see okay. what we can find for you. That will be lovely. All the best, Beryl. Right, talking to you. Then. All the best to you. Bye, Beryl. Bye, 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 bye. Well, there we are. Uh, one of the ladies' successors of the Mersey Beat era, and of course, you don't really, she, you don't really hear her name that, that often, do you? And you when know? you think of what I picked up, Vince, when you were talking to her, and even I <laughs> didn't know exactly all the things that she has done. Yes, you know, with the Vandellas, yeah. uh, with Rod Stewart, and these yeah. sort of people is absolutely amazing, isn't it? It is, yeah. and of course, it, this is this is the interesting side of what we've been doing on the Mondays. Of course, you know, the, the, you have to have a focal point. It just so happens that it Mersey Beat occurred in Liverpool. But, of course, people's lives have taken them all around the globe, and it's where they've gone and what they've done. And, you know, for example, we've got Paul right with us here, um, talking about, uh, you know, the likes of the London Palladium Show. They're doing a London Palladium Show at the Ballandorm Palace. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No. I just... I, I, well, I've done the Palladium I think it's 37 times. We booked it in. Our first time I did it was 1959 with Harry Seacombe, Hump 